these kind of questions, we have to start with foundational truths or we're just going to constantly be asking the same questions and be really confused about a lot. First, if we are truly seeking after truth, truly seeking after God, if we really want to know, at least begin to understand the mysteries of God, because remember, there's a lot of stuff that's mysterious. And even as you learn and start grasping um, these truths, there's still mysteries. There still has to be things that we have to say, you know what? God, you're God, and I am not. You do whatever you please because you are God and I am not. And we either can say, God, you are good, and I believe you, I trust you, and I, I trust you with my whole life, or God, I don't trust you because I don't understand you. You know, I mean, that's our two options. And so um, that's first. And if we want to, if we are truly seeking God, then we need to pray that God enlightens our hearts, that opens our minds to these truths. Um, you know, it's many times in the Bible it says, the truth of the Lord is foolish to those who don't believe. It's like we, we can understand these truths intellectually. You know, there's plenty of Bible scholars that aren't even Christians. They could tell you, they could quote every verse that you would ever want to hear upside, up, upwards and downwards, but it has not transformed them at the core. It has not submitted their lives underneath Christ. So that knowledge means nothing. So we need to pray for God to change our hearts so that we see him and when we love him and we savor him for everything that he is and regardless of what we don't understand we say we trust you first and foremost but i want to continue to grow i want to continue to grow in, in truth of you and i want to con continue to to grow and so that i see you bigger and see me smaller as i learn these truths break me down to my core and build me up through you alone because it's only through Christ that we have any hope. You know, these are the kinds of, of longings we need to come to the Bible with. So, but real simply, just pray before you open your Bible every time to say, Lord, speak to me. Help me understand this more and more. Because even more than head knowledge, God will just fill you with more of him as you start to start to read this stuff. And then, then that kind of knowledge pretty much supersedes everything else. Even though we, we're supposed to have questions, we're supposed to seek after him. But you know, we want to make sure we're, we're seeking and that seeking and, and that uh, knowledge is helping us to turn and worship God, not doubt him. Okay, so first and foremost, one thing you have to realize when you come to the Bible, first, you never want to go to the Bible uh, initially or just first focusing on self-application. Okay, we don't, the Bible is not a self-help book. It's not a guide to be a better person. Um, if that's how you're opening it, then change your mindset when you open it. We come to God because of who God is. So when we want to learn about what the Bible's saying, we need to first be asking questions like, what does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about man? And then from there we can say, okay, and what does this mean to me now? So first and foremost, what you want to know about God is his glory is the most important thing to him, meaning he is God. Again, we need to see him so big that that statement doesn't bother us, that he he loves his glory more than anything else. And that seems that seems ugly because we come to the with our world perspective in there, because when people try to do that, it's it's very it's a very ugly thing. But when God is doing it, when God, the God who created all things, sustains all things, um, has sacrificed everything for us, you know, 
we can come to that and say, okay, yes, God, what else would we put above your glory? You know, that doesn't make any sense that we would put anything else, anything first before him. So the same way he doesn't do that either. He puts his own glory first. So what that means is you've got a, an infinite God, three distinct persons, Father, uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God and three distinct persons, which again, that's a big mystery that you can never you know, put an analogy on or a simple, just slap a simple uh, way to understand it. It's very mysterious, but again, it's not impossible to, to understand, but that's good. That's another topic. So you have infinite God in communion, perfect communion with himself. He was not lacking anything. He didn't need anything. He didn't need anybody else. He didn't create this world and all of his, its existence because he was lonely or needed anything. He had perfect fellowship within himself and was lacking nothing. Why did he create then? Because he has an overflowing amount of love and glory and grace and mercy and patience to lavish upon something. So he creates people. He creates the world. He creates everything so that he can overflow that goodness onto them. And again, all his creations, the world, the universe, the sun, the plants, the bugs, the human, all of it are just little glimpses of his glory. Again, because that's the most important thing to him. So a Christian, really, a Christian's whole calling in the world is to reflect God, to glorify God in all that we do. And when we do that, we are living out the purpose that we were created for, which brings us the most peace, the most joy, the brings us closer to God. It, you know, it, it changes people's lives. It changes the world around us. I'm telling you this because now we come to the garden. God creates man in his own image. God creates man and woman. And now this is the most glorifying thing about God's creation is us. But God is completely free. God is the most free being there ever is and ever was and ever will be. And so to create a creature that bears his image that doesn't have a choice would not be in his image. Okay, I'm not even going to use the term free will because I can explain that later. I probably think I actually have a podcast about this, but um, free will isn't even really a thing. But we have choices. But, and this kind of leads to your uh, one of your other questions, but God is still in control of everything. But I'm not going to jump that far ahead. So Adam and Eve created in the image of God, able to make choices. So God has to give them a choice. If there is only good if that if that uh, tree of knowledge was not in the in the the center of garden of, of the eden then they wouldn't have had a choice to make therefore when we choose because we still yes we are born sinners because of adam and eve and i'll dive into that more but we still choose every single day to either obey god or disobey god when we choose to obey god when we have when we are just sinners from the the core of us that glorifies God. That brings God joy. We, God delights in us when we do that. You see what I mean? So if that wasn't there, there wouldn't be that glorifying uh, aspect to him. There wouldn't be that satisfying and, and joy aspect of us. And so, sure, Adam and Eve sinned. It broke the communion, okay, for all, forever, at least in this life, um, with God. And now every Christian and everyone ever seeking Christianity has always thought, well, stupid Adam and Eve, like you screwed it up for all of us. Thanks a lot. However, to think that you're any better, to think that I'm any better and wouldn't sin is an arrogant, irresponsible thought. 
and we've all fought it. So we just need to put that to death because no matter what creature, because we are flesh and the flesh just chooses, it just is naturally weak and chooses to stray from God. You know, you, we got to remember that they were in perfect communion with, with God and they still chose to rebel. Why? Don't know for reals. Don't know for sure. There's a lot of mysteries that when we get to heaven, we'll finally see, be like, oh, I get it. And I think there, I think in heaven, there, there will be some things that we're just like, I, I still don't understand, God, you're too big. You're too glorious. You're too much for my still imperfect, not um, the uh, ultimate brain like yours. And again, he doesn't have a physical brain. He doesn't even have a physical body, but you know what I mean. So right then, right when Adam and Eve sinned, he could have just destroyed them and said, okay, never mind. But again, yes, God knew what was happening. God had a plan right from the beginning. And why all this? Why all the craziness? Because God has an eternal perspective. Even with all the, the history that the world, however long we're going to be here for, is still just a blink of an eye. It's still just but a mist, like the Bible says. And so... This whole, this whole life is just to prepare for eternity, either eternity with him or eternity without him. Mm-hmm.